ask you a question, what drives you? I know that uh, for many people would have different answers for that question. I used to uh, tell my basketball teams, I always said that it takes three things to be a champion. Three things, motivation, focus, and discipline. That's what three things it takes to be a champion. And uh, for you, I don't know what it is that really stokes your fire or really motivates you. But when I think about those things, I think about a domino. Now, I do not play dominoes. In fact, I have no idea how to play dominoes. But I do love the videos of the, vi of the dominoes falling. I do love that. And that is known, for many of you who are studiers of science, kinetic energy. And that is if the first domino falls and it falls in the next one, the next one, the next one, the kinetic energy continues. In fact, uh, not to get too technical and boring here right off the bat, but um, maybe too late, but uh, there's a Dutch mathematician who studied this and, and said that if you built something 1.67% larger in each one of the, um, the dominoes, each one of the objects, by the 10th step, you could take a normal domino so this is 167% bigger, the next one and the next one. In 10 steps, you could knock something down that was 26 feet tall and 1,000 pounds just because each one of them was larger. And it all started with the first domino. It's with that kind of picture in mind that I want us to think about dominoes. And everybody got a domino today. So if you got a bulletin, you got it. You can tear that off, by the way. and want, You can keep that at home, too. But I'm always fascinated by the beginning of this thing. You know, it always really is important that the first domino is placed just right. And then it begins quite a chain reaction. But here's the question for you. What's your first domino in your life? What's your first domino? If everything is based on your first domino, the most important thing, what is your first domino? If the first domino doesn't move, nothing happens. I got to thinking about this and I thought about this personally. What's my first domino? In other words, what perspective, what motivation, what energy, what is it that gets me up in the morning even though I don't recognize it every day maybe? What is it? What is it that begins to impact my first conversation with my wife? What is it that I study? What do I do in traffic? How do I lead? What is it I do during the day? What is it that starts all of this in life? And the truth is that every one of you have a domino here today because I gave you one 
But every person here has a first domino and the first domino begins to create who we are and who it is and who you are to the next person and that next situation and that next issue and that next ministry. So it's because of this thought that we are going to begin next week a sermon series called The Real God. We are going to join churches across America and even across the world trying to look at who the real God is. Because the truth is, our view of God is really the first domino. Who God is. And you know, in America, we've kind of created a God for our, of our own choosing. And we want, in the months of October and November, to look at the real God and who he is. So what if you could interview the people in the Bible? What if you could sit down with people in the Bible and you could ask them, and biblical, the people in biblical history, and find out what their first domino was? What was it that they saw as the most important thing? For example, what if is it that Moses got him up in the morning? You know, you had all that pressure, all those people to lead. Um, we realize that it's a bunch of st- stubborn people. But what if we ask David, for example? David, you had all that wealth and all that power and a big failure. What is it your first domino? Or what if we ask the Apostle Paul, what is your first domino? Paul, the writer of 13 books in the New Testament. What's your first domino? Some prophets like Jeremiah, Hosea. What is your first domino that allowed you to endure and persevere in the midst of a fallen world like ours, by the way? Ordinary people, what was your first domino in your life? How is it that you found the real God in a fallen world? So I want us to kind of look at those people today and look at what their first domino. So if we had the chance to ask Moses, for example, and we said, Moses, what's your first domino? Moses, we find in Exodus 33, he says, Moses says, show me your glory, Lord. Moses has found himself in a very challenging situation. He's been, he's seen God's power. The Red Sea is parted. He's seen the cloud by day, the fire by night. He held, he's held the staff. He, he's seen every God of Egypt go down in flames. What drives Moses? More than anything else in life, what do you want after seeing all the power of God and seeing God at work in your life? So in Exodus 33, Moses asked God not to abandon him or the Israelites and go with them into the wilderness. And the Lord says, I will do this thing of which you have spoken. Go with you. I will go with you. For you have found favor in my sight and I have known you by name. And this guy is so bold. And Moses says, show me your glory. I I don't, want to see your, your power. I want to know all you have, to know all of you. 
I, I've been to the mountain with you. I've received your truth. I, I, show me your glory, Lord. I want to see all that you really are. Then in Exodus 34, and I love this, the Lord came down in a cloud, and you can imagine this, and he passed in front of Moses. The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and the fourth generation. Exodus 34, verses six and seven. J.I. Packer citing this, he says, all of the words that God could have used, he says to Moses, all my goodness will pass before you. Packer says that word goodness. When Moses wanted to know God fully, God says, you can't see me and still live, but I'll hide you in the cleft of the rock. And by the way, this mantra This mantra, the Lord, the Lord, gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love and kindness. It's repeated eight times in scripture. Moses' heart and mind, his first domino was, Lord, I want to know God. Show me your glory. Well, David, what would David say? David, when asked, he says, Lord, show me your beauty. David, uh, the greatest king ever, went from a shepherd boy. Uh, you wrote, all those psalms that David wrote, Moses gave us God's truth. You, you know, we, we find out the heart of God through David. All of the things that you could have, you know, you could have had. Did you want more territory? Did you want more wives? Probably not. More concubines? Probably not. More power? I, I mean, you blew it big time, but David, when it all got, came together, what was your first domino? Psalm 27, verse 4 says this. One thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. He didn't get entitled. He didn't feel like he, more than anything, he just wanted to experience God's presence, his majesty, his beauty, his power. He wanted to know God. And I want you to know today that David is the perfect example that God uses broken people. So many times as I grew up and I was younger, I felt like life was sort of one big, two things, I'd say. Two big, one was a negotiating, constant negotiation. And secondly, I always, in sports, I was always trying to measure up. I was always trying to measure up. I had two older brothers, Jimmy and Davey. Jimmy was about 6'4", and he was a great athlete, self-made. My brother Davey was about 5'10", and he was one of the fastest guys in the whole region. Davey was the natural, Jimmy was the hard worker. And I was sort of in the middle of 
both of them. And there was a lot expected of me. And a lot of times my brothers were winning state championships, winning state championships at every kind of sport there was, getting college scholarships. I always felt I didn't measure up. If your first domino in the core of your being may be, you know, I'm gonna prove that I measure up. I'll prove I'm okay, I'll produce. And some of us do that. We do that in our lives. But some of, some of us struggle with that. Some through achievement and it defines you. Or your family, how the kids are doing or not doing. And your first domino is the passionate drive of your life. It's like you're built like David, man. You're a passionate guy. You're going through life. And you're always trying to measure up. If it humbles me to think that God gave us the great portion of his truth, that through a a person who killed someone, Moses, that the Lord says he's slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness. It amazes me at the heart of God, even in the New Testament perspective, back on David, that he's a man after God's own heart. He's a broken person. In Psalm 51, for example, when David confesses his sin before God, do you remember that? He, he remember what he says? He says, I've sinned against you and you only, Lord. In Psalm 34, David will say, a broken and contrite spirit, the Lord will not reject. And so I wanna encourage you, David, with his first domino, was, Lord, show me your beauty. Hosea says, show me your faithfulness. Hosea, talk about a tough assignment. Uh, You know the story. Go marry a prostitute, Hosea. Uh, Of course, it was God revealing what he is like, wasn't it? I mean, his bride at the time, the children of Israel, God's people, were unfaithful and worshiping idols It's a lot like Christians today. Maybe you've been a follower of Christ for years, maybe even for decades. You're maybe even, you're a mentor to younger Christians. Maybe it gets frustrating when you know that God just doesn't get the priority. You people say that it's the most important thing. God's the most important thing. But all the weekends are sports, And the average in churches just, it's very hard for many people to be faithful to the commitment to the Lord. Oh Lord, Hosea is in the midst of of a situation like that. An ordeal, you know, we could write on behalf of God. He says, so let us press on to know the Lord for his going forth is as certain as the dawn. What's he saying? God is faithful and he will come to us. You could almost hear James when he says, remember New Testament James, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. He will come to us. And so then God says through Hosea, Hosea chapter six, verse three. So let us know, let us press 
on to know the Lord. His going forth is as certain as the dawn. And he will come to us like the rain, like the spring rain watering the earth. For I delight in loyalty rather than sacrifice and in the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. I don't know about you, but I've given God a a few burnt offerings. Half-hearted attempts. And so Hosea is saying, and you start skimming. And so Hosea is saying, oh, we need to recognize that our first domino is is that God, show me your faithfulness. That's what we need. Moses says, show me your glory, Lord. David says, show me your beauty, Lord. Hosea says, show us your faithfulness because that's what we need to know. And we may all feel like that. We may feel like any one of those things. But Paul says in the New Testament, in Philippians chapter three, he says that I may gain Christ. Hosea had issues, David had issues, Moses had issues, but there's a first domino that I want to know God. I want to behold the beauty of the Lord. Show me your glory, Lord, show it to me. There's only ordinary people in the Bible who experience extraordinary grace and then God manifests his glory through them. In fact, he almost goes out of his way. So far as greatest amount of truth in scripture in the Old Testament, there are two murderers and an adulterer. So we come to the apostle Paul, chapter three, verse seven in the book of Philippians. And Paul says that I may gain Christ. Oh yeah, the apostle Paul. He was an instigator of murderer as well. An original persecutor of the church, also a fellow workaholic, to say the least in, in these situations, but a man transformed by Jesus Christ. And if you could sit down with him and ask him, hey, Paul, what makes you the most proud? What is it? He'd say, well, you know, I've spent a little time in prison. I was shipwrecked three times. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've given, I was given 39 lashes because it was illegal. And then all these things that he could say. He's a prolific writer. Paul, what's the first domino? What is it that gets you up? And so Paul says this. Whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish that I may gain Christ. He's saying all the wealth, all the prestige, all the press, all the money, all the intellect, all the background, all the education, all the degrees, all the impact is like rubbish compared to the surpassing knowledge of knowing, and by the way, that word has a deep meaning, transformationally knowing Jesus. I'm glad he, he went on in Philippians 3. He said, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. This one thing I do 
Do you hear that sense of like, this is the one, this is your first domino. This is the most important thing. So when our first domino is a passion, like we see in Moses and David, Hosea and Paul, when your first domino is a passion to know God and to see him accurately, our first domino will impact the lives of people beyond any spiritual activity. It's so important that we realize, see your domino and my domino, it doesn't have to be huge, but the kinetic energy that we were talking about, it goes to the next and the next and the next. And if knowing passionately and following him, and if your life is a reflection of a passion to know God, if that's where your energy and your passion is, to see him accurately, your domino will impact many around you beyond any spiritual activity, any program, any church growth stuff that you can learn in all the world. I had a friend of mine who's a pastor who told me, he told his congregation this as well. He said, nobody can keep you from discipling other people. You can do that anywhere on earth, including if you are incarcerated and in prison. You can always, if you have an infectious desire to follow Jesus, that will impact the lives of the world and, and affect this world in mighty ways. If you, and here's the second thing, another thing. If you wanna know exactly what God is like, if you want to know him, I wanna encourage you, you just look to Jesus. I would encourage you to look up Colossians chapter one, verse 15 through 28. We've heard from Moses, you were right. David, show me your beauty. Hosea, show me your faithfulness. Now Jesus is praying. He's finished exactly what he came to do. And we learn in John 1 that he came not only to seek and save the lost, but also that no man, we also realize that what is said in John 1 is no man has ever seen God at any time. And in verse 18, Jesus, he he really explains this. Verse 18 in chapter one. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only son who is himself God and is the closest relationship with the father has made him known. Jesus came to die on the cross. He came to pay for our sin and to be our sin substitution but he also came to explain who God is. And we talked about the value of the cross last week. And here's what's important, is that if you want to know exactly what God is like, if you want to know him, just look to Jesus. This is how God feels toward his people who make a tragic mistakes and are deeply sorry for them. And he, Jesus says things like, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. This is how he feels. God, Jesus speaks to people. This is how he feels towards the religious who were above everyone, who acted very haughty. He called them, he said, you whitewashed tombs, you snakes, you vipers, you religious phonies, you hypocrites. 
So in his final prayer, notice what Jesus says in John 17, verse three. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Have you ever thought somehow the church has forgotten what it's all about? It's not about big programs or big crowds or even building. It's about eternal life. You know, I didn't grow up exactly the most faithful person in church every week. I am very flawed in many ways. I was a pastor for a long time, and I still thought that eternal life was something that happened to you after you died. Eternal life is when I turn from my sin and I receive the grace of God through Jesus Christ and enter into a relationship. I'm sealed with the Spirit. I'm baptized into the body of Christ. There's a deposit of spiritual gifts inside of me and Jesus lives in me, now producing his life as I abide, manifesting the power of God in my life. It's the life of Christ in me. That's why he came. The goal of coming is that I might know him, to really know who God is. It precedes serving, and it re- even, I've been thinking about this a lot, it's just this idea of just, uh, A.W. Tozer says it this way, true religion confronts each with heaven and brings eternity to bear upon time. Think about that. Modern Christianity is simply not producing the kind of Christians who can appreciate life in the spirit. And it's because so many times we have turned to a God that looks like the world where it's kind of a God of self-help, that he kind of helps us out. It helps me to go to church. It makes me feel better. It helps me cope with life. And I wanna encourage you, you were created as a child of God and that you were adopted into the king into the, the kingdom of God through Jesus Christ and the price he paid on the cross and you can know him and you can walk with him and one of the th- very sad things for me now I know I'm getting a little older and I don't want you to see me as grumpy because I'm not mad at anybody but the devil but I'm even seeing it in pastors I'm seeing it in pastors that don't see themselves as shepherds for children of God, for for people that are made for eternity. I mean, every person here has incredible worth to God and that you were created for eternity and we are created to walk with God. It's not about just knowing. It's not about just us feeling better. It's about the one true God. And if we know and we have, if our first domino is a right view of the real God, not the God we all like to warm and fuzzy make up and create, but the real God, then we then our, part of all this, and my point here, is that we were created for eternity, and all of that will trump any kind of other spiritual activity. 
any kind of program or anything like that. So it begins with our view of this. So I I wrote down in your notes, every issue in your life, every relational issue, every self-image issue can be traced back to a faulty view of who God is. Every issue in your life, every one of them. And so are you ready for this? It's It's not just who he is, it's what you actually believe about how he sees you. So I encourage you, I want you to put on a new set of glasses and and I want you to know that the answer is not trying harder or working harder, a new program or anything like this. It's a new set of glasses through which you see the world. It's really trying to start your day and, and listen to like Moses and David like Hosea and Paul, or like Jesus, my passion, my first domino, is I want to know the real God. And so I would encourage you to take this domino as a reminder to keep that hunger and that thirst. Lord, I want to see, I I love it being around our staff. I love being around our staff. Every one of them are different. God's wired them different. And then they're all at kind of different places. And, and they are just very unique. And I love it because I think about the same kind of thing. Jordan reminds me a lot where he prays, Lord, show us your glory. He, he does, he talks about that a lot. And then I, I think about, I, I think about like Devin when he prays. And he's always praying in a very practical way he also he's always kind of praying that we would wake up to what God's doing and that we would have a right view of God I pray that we would be a people that our first domino would be that we would earnestly seek him that we would seek him and so starting next week we're actually going to start by week one is about seeking God. And how is it that we get our heads around the whole idea of who is God? And then the next seven weeks from there are seven attributes of God and trying to paint a good picture. Now I know we're we're joining churches from other places, but our children, our students, and even our adults will have the opportunity to talk about what we are learning on Sunday morning. And so I pray that you see this as an opportunity for us to get this first domino. And if you're like, man, I'm telling you, when I was younger, I did not have a good, proper, theologically sound view of who God is. It wasn't until I was older, until somebody put their finger in my chest and told me to wake up to some stuff. It was true. So I pray that this eight weeks will be this. I want to give you a little taste of this by showing what we're talking about in a video that uh, kind of explains a little bit this journey for us over these next eight weeks. There's a deep sense of unease in our rapidly changing world. We all know something has been lost, but we don't know why or where it all leads. Pop culture tells us it's all about me and that we should worship our own creations rather than the creator. In politics, the end justifies the means. 
In relationships, love means self-satisfaction. In life, status and appearance are what count. In the church, confusion replaces clarity and conviction. Our faulty and distorted view of God is at the root of all our problems. But what if we viewed God differently? What if we saw Him the way He longed for us to see Him? We can worship a God who is holy, wise, and just, one whose faithfulness and goodness are matched by His power and sovereignty over all things. This is a God who can deliver us from evil and transform lives. This is a God worth worshiping. The way back, the path of hope starts with knowing God for who He really is. We need to know the real God. So this question this morning is, what's your first domino? So I want you to think about that. If you're wrestling with that, I want you to come to this series. If you are here and you, and I think this is a great opportunity to, for you to invite people who are wrestling, who are questioning, who have questions about the faith, this would be a great opportunity for you to invite your friends because we are going to do this over an eight-week period, and next week would be a great week for you to invite friends to come. As we all look, and because and, the world is so confusing and so many voices and everything, to look at the real God. So I pray next week you will uh, think about that. This week, maybe invite some friends to come with you to church as we look at, at, at this sermon series called The Real God. And then this week, all of you got this. By the way, that comes off really easy. That was made to be taken off the front of your bulletin. You can keep that kind of as a reminder that I want to be like Moses and David, and I want to be like Hosea, and I want to be like Paul, who said, Lord, show me your glory. Lord, show me your beauty. I want this to be the motivating factor, my first domino. Lord, I thank you for your word today. Thank you, Lord, that you are faithful, that you are glorious, and that, Lord, you are good all the time. Lord, in a dark and fallen world, there are all these misperceptions. There are all this, all this confusion. Lord, it's because of sin, and it's because of evil. And so, Lord, we are asking you to show us your ways. Lord, today... I pray that you would help us to break down the walls in our life that keep us from following you. I pray, Lord, that you would help us. Help us to seek you first. Help us to give a hunger to know God. And I pray, Father, that you would, this week, tear down the walls and the fears and the doubts. And Lord, replace them with your word and I pray, Father, for every person here that you would give us the courage to trust you. Give us, Lord, the courage to follow you. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, again, I hope to see you again next week and make sure you invite somebody for the real God. God bless you. Have a great week.